We're here with Thighs, fresh off their debut EP, Hellhole by the Sea, the latest release on uh, Kids Like You and Me Records. Thighs, welcome. Definitely. Hello. Hey. Hey, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. And just want to say uh, congrats on the album. I'm I'm digging it, of, of course. Uh, I know as the... The label that put it out, I, I have to say that, of course, but I mean, I mean it uh, from the bottom of my heart. It's uh, truly from the bottom really, of my heart. Yeah, it's a pretty wild album that I find myself dancing a lot to. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's probably not what people would think of as dance music, though, but it's it's like dystopian uh, dystopian dance music. I'll take that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Certainly not utopian. First, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we can get into like, probably not. <laughs> kind of like the different, like, uh, you know, different stuff about like the album and, and the, and the, you know, themes and everything else. But I actually was, really curious because I when I first I first saw Thighs August 2018 but I know <laughs> y'all had played before that so I wasn't sure like when the band started or even how y'all met or got together um if anyone wants to care to you know educate us on uh, how the band got started it's a great question <laughs> it's a great question on the I don't know. Do any of us have an answer? Uh, I think uh, I think Trey and I uh, got it started. Um, yeah, I was going to Boston Hassle meetings, and I just kept saying, "Dan, when are we going to start a band?" <laughs> that true? I think that's basically how it happened because I just got, you know, we had similar tastes. So, or at least I feel like there was enough overlap in our tastes. Right. Yeah. We, we, you know, like, you know, I, I'm a, you know, I'm a person, you know, as a, as a 40 year old man, um, you know, the only thing that I can talk uh, to anyone about is music. Uh, so Trey and I did that. Yeah. I, right. I remember I just got a text. <laughs> I just got a text one day from Dan who I, I'm a, I know Trey and Dan through Boston Asset too. It's like, we're looking for a drummer, Trey and I. And I was like, all right, you guys know I don't know how to play drums, right? <laughs> They're like, oh, it doesn't matter. Just come on over. So <laughs> that's how I got into it. Yes. That is amazing. That is actually then, the spirit. Yeah, well, I, I mean, and, and, you know, that's what, like, that's what we wanted in a uh, a drummer. And, I, you know, I think uh, Maria brings it, brings it in more. And then... Um, and then uh, Lucas, um, we were looking. We were on the hunt for a uh, Barry sax player for quite some time. I, I don't know how long. Uh, I mean, you know, so so Trey and I started. You know, um, this is pre-pandemic. Yet, yet we were trading um, recordings over the internet anyway. Um, uh, still using the internet, um, and um, and then yeah, like when we like when we were heading toward wanting to start playing shows, that's when Maria came into the fold. And then 
Lucas joined much later, but we were hunting for a Barry Sex player for a long time. And I mean, you know, um, unfortunately, Lucas doesn't even play um, on the album you guys are putting out. Right. Um, yeah. He does. He does play on one of the songs um, from the same sessions that we released before the album. Um, so at least we've gotten him onto one recording uh, before the pandemic hit. But um, but yeah, we were probably playing shows for like at least what a good year, year and a half before Lucas joined. I I bet I I got brought in and I didn't really know anything about what the music was going on I just came into a like a jam session I guess I just kind of made stuff up stuff up as I went yeah and that's that's how it's done Um, (laughs) (laughs) and and Lucas is also uh, well Lucas actually came in through Chris who's not here who um, we assume is still in the band I don't uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Chris has on Chris hasn't been on any of the recordings either and um it's just because um we actually recorded the, what became Hellhole and uh by the sea and a couple other songs um which Hellhole by the sea originally would have been two songs <laughs> two songs longer except um the guy who recorded it who's awesome uh, uh Jacob uh Schwartz uh Jakob Schwartz um he lost two of the recordings um totally and one of those it, well no he, i mean he he i mean he he couldn't find them for a long time and then um then one of them turned up and that's that's touch my brain but it, um since andy allen didn't do saxophone on it um we decided that you know it it couldn't be part of the album like because of that inconsistency so we had so by that time lucas was in the band and so we had, um, I recorded Lucas doing some saxophone and that actually turned out to be the first song we recorded. And then everybody else, um, I mean, re- we released and then everybody else, this is new information, but Jakob texted me like two days ago and he said he found uh, a recording of uh, Money Mummy. Oh, cool. No way. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Which so, like we, so, so some of us in a, you know, in like an alcohol slash weed haze, rem- remembered, half remembered recording that song, but Jakob swore that it was nowhere to be found. And then sure enough, like it's like now two years since we made those recordings, he, he has unearthed uh, the other missing song. So um, if it doesn't sound like shit, we'll, we'll uh, have Lucas do some more uh Sax parts, and we'll put that one out, I guess, too. I, uh, we'll have to decide what we're going to do with that one. Awesome. Looking forward to getting the chance to put stuff myself on there. Absolutely. I mean, hopefully sooner than later. Yeah. Uh, but I'll let you know. That, that's actually very fresh information. Um, I'm, I'm probably talking too much. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I look forward to hearing that. Um, yeah, and I love the... Uh, well, yeah, I'm sorry. Was it? It's uh, the uh, the one that you made on the, during that same sessions is is also is touch my brain. Yeah, that's the other one we that's on our Bandcamp, but separate right. from the the record you right. just put out. Right, right. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I, I was just listening to that earlier as well, actually. I, um, okay, so and that that's the one with Luke, Lucas. Is you're on that? Yes. One. Yeah. 
so y'all first got together and you're jamming. Was there, did any of you have like song songs or song ideas already? Or was it like you were saying, uh, I think Lucas before, just like kind of like a jam sort of like making up as you go along? You mean in general? Yeah, just like like a, like a even like before shows or, or before starting to play shows, just just jamming together for the first time was was it just jams or did anyone already have songs like written that they brought to the group? Um, oh yeah, Trey, go. I have riffs like Dan was saying earlier that we were just trading stuff over the internet. I I had riffs that I had written just like drum machine and guitar. I kind of formed the backbone of what a lot of the stuff is on the album. Um, but then like, as we like practice together, like morphed and morphed into other things too. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, like, um, we we do you know stuff comes out of jams even though you know our music is not jammy at all, um, but right. um, and you know that's you know Lucas is the only one with a formal musical background, uh, which you know can show so he can you know we'll we'll let him jam uh, live the re the re the rest of us should stay in our lane. Uh, but yeah, I mean sometimes we have. You know, uh, like I was saying, like, you know, even pre-pandemic, even though we, we, we've had a few, um, what, Trey, you broke your arm during the pandemic, right? Yeah. Right. And, and Chris, and Chris, who isn't here, he, he's had like, he's been experiencing some sort of, um, I don't know what, carpal tunnel, some sort of wrist injury. That, he like, also long. broke his arm, right? He did. I think he did something to his wrist, but this has been like a long-term thing where, even before, um, you know, he was having trouble playing. He may not have played a couple shows with us. I can't remember. But, um, you know, um, going back, you know, Trey and I would, you know, send in recordings back and forth. And, you know, um, he, well, Trey was sending me recordings and I would just play something over it or and sing something over it and, then we'd have a song. And then once we had enough of those together, we recruited um, Maria and, you know, we didn't really jam. I mean, well, I mean, we would jam for the new songs in practice, but, um, you know, we went forward with those songs. We've kind of abandoned that way of making music since the earliest songs. Is that right, Trey? Yeah. I mean, for better or worse, I don't know. It's always interesting hearing how bands kind of do do their thing in that way there's definitely some there's a wide range of options yeah operating procedure <laughs> that's it i mean uh, yeah, quite frankly i mean we need to get back into it you know we haven't played we haven't played together since that show at the midway i think and you know um besides me recording lucas for touch my brain which I was during the pandemic um, which we, we broke the rules um, and uh, we didn't, uh, uh, Charlie Baker and uh, Marty Walsh did not get us. They did not get us. 
Uh, so we're they're still about to. They're about yeah, to. I need yeah, they're they're on the hunt, and um, <laughs> um, but since then we haven't uh, um, done any recording. And I mean, we were lucky. We didn't have to pray for our pay for our practice space at all. Actually, once the pandemic started, for I don't know what six months, um, six months or something. Although Maria turns out was accidentally paying the whole time. Um, <laughs> but she was prepaying. And so, but I mean, you know, now yeah. we're, you know, but um, what, like three months ago, you know, practice space rent kicked back in. Um, so um, we've basically been paying for a practice space that I, I go to like twice a month. Um, but I mean, that's just because it's like, like you guys know, um, you know, we don't want to give up this sweet practice space because the practice space situation in Boston is like a nightmare. But um, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, this is this is more band conversations to have for how however long <laughs> we might keep we might keep this up. But you're feeling pretty yeah. confident that you'll be able to pick those songs back up pretty, you know, as if nothing ever happened kind of thing, or you, you think you'll probably have to chip away and work, work at them to get them back. I was just laughing about this with my sibling, actually. Um, some of them we have like really rough recordings already. Uh, there's others that I can remember, but I don't remember them. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know about the rest of you. There's some that can be rough, <laughs> but there's some that, that we have enough recordings of, I think should be good. Yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking about this. Yeah, I mean, we'll figure it out. I mean, you know, we're, you know, who knows when we're going to be able to practice again. Um, you know, I, I might be getting the uh, pan, um, the vaccine next month, supposedly. Uh, but, you know, once, um, I guess we can practice once all of us have the vaccine. Yeah, we're all just going to become, we're just going to like cut our hands and then sh do the, like the shake hand thing so we can all get the vaccine from Dan. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah, blood, blood, blood brothers yeah. and sisters, yeah. and then one of us will die, and then we'll, we'll be, be guys part two. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's how we get. That's how we get famous through the yeah. through the death. Yeah. Uh, through the initial death, and then like one of us will die every three months from then on, um, and we'll be famous by the end of it. <laughs> Sounds like a good plan. Yeah, we yeah. wrote it all down in our business plan. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've done a few business uh, Zoom calls. Um, no, but I, you know, I, I was actually thinking the other day that uh, you know, whenever we are able to play again, it, you know, might you know, it might just be time to move forward with new songs. And may, maybe we'll play. I, I don't know. Who knows? I haven't talked about it with any of these folks yet. <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'd still like to hear the yeah. The ones. I'd love to hear all the all the ones from the album. So you yeah, better I mean, learn them all. Well, I mean, you know that that begs the question. Like, you know, you know, we missed our uh, record release show uh, that was semi-planned for April, and you know now it's almost a year later already, and who knows when shows will ever happen again? I mean we probably missed our window on doing a release show for this tape. Let's uh, just do one. 2022. 
2020 never. It'd be like the second anniversary or whatever. Just do a release show. Yeah. Yeah. Anniversary show. That's perfect. Yeah. That's uh, okay. Yeah. Or or we could just do like a, it's like a belated (laughs) release show or something. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I think we'll we'll consult you guys. Yeah. 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 I I think when we get to that point, whenever that is, people will be uh, so excited. That it, you know, that it won't it like it won't even matter. It's be like, oh, all right, cool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay, it's the release show. You know what I mean? You don't even have to. They don't have to look look at the date and be like, oh, wait a second, hold on. This was actually originally released in October two thousand twenty. Right. <laughs> People will probably you know be down. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, if there's any way to play. We, you know, we, um, you know, we might have to have it like uh, in like uh, up upstate New York or something, like to find a venue that's open. Yeah, well, I mean that would just be cool, even just to to do it in different, do uh, you know, shows in different places too. Yeah, I mean we talked about that too. I mean that's that's yeah. what we that's what we were gonna do. <laughs> right. You know, you know, Trey lives in Providence. Uh, yeah. so, you know, that's a, that's a given. And I mean, yeah, want, okay. you know, so, but, you know, we have, um, we have friends and bands, you know, and all around New England. So, you know, right. Um, yeah. And with the, I'm trying to think, actually, I just remembered now too, the, the, like I said before, I think the first time I saw thighs was, August 2018, uh, I believe it was your birthday, Dan. But uh, I think the first time I heard about the band, um, like obviously I, I knew who I knew, we knew each other for the band, but um, the first time I heard like Dan's new band, I think was from, um, you know, uh, Chris Gilbert and and Michael. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I always I forget how to pronounce his last name, so I'll say Mr. B. But yeah, Mr. Um, B. Yeah, uh, and yeah, they're 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 always usually a good. Uh, they usually know what's up, and they had mentioned that they saw like, oh, Dan's new band's pretty sick, and they you had played at Trixie's Palace, um, and I think that was early like January or February two thousand eighteen. Is that is that right, Trey? Maria, I, I have no sense of like. What Sounds like, good. <laughs> I, I know that our first show was at Trixie's Palace. Yeah, yeah. no, that, I think that's it. That was the first show. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say that that was the first time I heard about the band. So I didn't, I wasn't in attendance, unfortunately. But um, okay, so that's the first one. That, that was a good. I, I believe New England Patriots also played that. That's a so great that's a show. Good, yeah, so many good, good bands. Yeah, drenched, set, drenched set, in good bands. Yeah, drenched in good. Bands. Dance. Yeah, um, that first show was Sediment Club and, okay. um, and the Patriots. And maybe somebody from Trixie's, I forget. Yeah, I think Blu ray may have played and they lived at Trixie's. I don't think. Blu- yeah, Blu ray is amazing. I, I don't think they played, actually. Oh. Okay. I think maybe um, maybe Healers. Oh, that's, uh, that's possible too. Will from Healers and J- I think Jack. Well, lived at, or at least well lived at Trixie's. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like a sick for show. I mean, that, that place is awesome. And in February, uh, I believe on Valentine's Day, actually. In yeah, so that was February 2020. Yeah, it, it's I it's where I keep for like forgetting that like the first couple of months, 2020, you know, before the pandemic. So I, I keep thinking that was like just part of 2019. I know. Time, so, time, yeah. Time, yeah. Time is. Yeah. Time is strange. Yeah. Yeah. Especially now. Right. Um, so yeah, it, like, uh, we'd seen the band in different, different lineups. Um, I believe when I first saw Thighs, it, it was, uh, it was Dan, Maria and Trey, uh, three of you. So that, that was the lineup I first saw. And then I, I liked seeing, then there were different members kept sort of like coming into the band, uh, Chris and Lucas and. That was, that was really cool. Um, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, I feel like, I mean, it's, um, I'd love to hear every, you know, I'd love to hear the other thighs uh, thoughts on this, but I, I feel like, um, and I'm sure this is the case for many bands, but um, we as a band, you know, um, you know, So it was a real, it, you know, for all the, you know, for beyond all the reason, you know, that are more important that it sucks. Um, you know, this pandemic hitting, I think really like, uh, really came at an inopportune time for our band. Um, I think we were, uh, you know, ready to, uh, you know, really uh, nail some shit, um, whatever that means. But I don't know. Trey, Maria, Lucas, I don't know. I mean, I think every person that's been added to the band has made the band sound fuller and more interesting and For sure. more you know, just like this like chorus of like people getting hit by a car or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's beautiful, Trey. <laughs> So I sort of, uh, I'm trying to think of the way to phrase this, but as far as like the, you know, the, like I was saying before, it's sort of like uh, dystopian dance rock or whatever, you know, you could call it sort of like noise rock or, or whatever, but you know, that seems to be like some sort of no wave influence, but um, what were like some of the inspirations sort of for this project or, or anything in general um, for all of you? At least like musical inspirations. Oh yeah, I was gonna say God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can go whatever, beyond music too. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think the big one, like, you know, I think the thing that 
we've probably t- talked about more than anything is probably Flipper. Um, okay, I can see that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, obviously, we have the, you know, the, the, the techno aspect of the drum machine or whatever going, but as far as like sort of a droney, annoying punk, you know, who's better? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely like the like the sort of chaotic, um, definitely the chaotic nature of Flipper. I could see that with with thighs. I think yeah, there's a uh, we like we were talking about in our podcast with a uh, context. He's, we were describing a genre called chaos rock, and I think thighs applies to that. Well, that's nice. <laughs> well, what is chaos rock? I don't know. We didn't really quite uh, come up with like an exact criteria, but it's I think it was more rock. Yeah, it's not well, chip rock. I guess not yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think more like it. T- I think the examples that we were giving the t- tended to be like bands with several members. And everyone's kind of doing their own thing, but also, you know, and some element of noise. But it's also like a rock and roll band as well. And uh, what was the other? Th- I, I don't know, what were some of the other components, Glenn? I'm trying to remember now. Um. Yeah, just it, it, I. I think it was probably more. I don't really even know. Just, just kind of <laughs> like it, it, it can deviate deviates from traditional stuff. We'll have to listen to that context. Yeah, yeah for, for context. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, for context. That's right. Exactly, yeah. Well, I think there was also sort of the, you know, that kind of like like more of a the antithesis to a lot of like yeah like you kind of saying glenn with like more regular kind of stuff with a lot of like rock bands i suppose that even sometimes like weirder stuff it's still there's it starts to feel like a little bit too controlled and i think with the chaos rock thing was that there was that like i you know that feeling sort of excitement or something being kind of loose or that it could collapse at like any moment you know, kind of thing. Mm. So yeah, I think that was the sort of like the th- the the logic behind it or whatever. But Conrad said that or context others uh, he goes by. So yeah. Anyway, I felt like I feel like thighs fits in with that. I like that. That all sounds cool. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I mean, it's certainly the could fall apart in any time part. <laughs> I mean that in a totally uh, a good way as well, because I think that's I know, not enough. I know. <laughs> I know. I, believe me, I know. I mean, we're, you know, we're all coming from, yeah, shambolic. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. I, I mean, we're, you know, I think, um, um, you know, I think we're all fans of, you know, um, uh, you know, at least parts of DIY music and punk music. 
And, um, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, I think that's what we're just trying to do. We're trying to, we're trying to have a raw good time. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Within that like, tradition. Yeah. Man, I, I like a lot of stuff that doesn't fit into that category of course, or that kind of um, like aesthetic. But I think that it, it, a lot of times, so I don't know, at least for me, that stuff that like, you know, when you first hear it, you almost like think it's even like crazier than it actually is. But I don't know, there's something about, I think where bands today, it's it's hard to almost have, the, at least for me, get that same reaction, you know, that you once had, when you once felt before you start listening to more and more stuff, it, it almost gets harder to be like, uh, you know, get that sort of like, what the fuck was that? You know, kind of thing when you, when you hear music um, in a way. So that's why I, I, I definitely like that aspect of a lot of, uh, you know, noise music or like noise rock or whatever it is where there's that, like you say, which is a shambolic, Right. I did. All right. I did. Yeah, too. Okay. I think that's Yeah. Um, well, you know, I mean, that's getting back to like, you know, like punk, like in DIY, like, you know, that's like an approach, like, you know, um, uh, I, you know, like we're a weird mix because, you know, like Maria said, she never played drums before this band. Um, and, but, you know, we also have, Lucas, who, you know, uh, you know, went to university, um, you know, for playing sax. Um, and um, so you wear this odd mixture, you know, and I mean, then, you know, then Trey and I are somewhere in between, um, much closer to the Maria end. Um, <laughs> um, then the Lucas end of music and musicality. I would say, uh, no offense to you, Trey, but um, yeah, give, give Lucas Maria gradient. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, how judge, that's how we judge all musicians. <laughs> <laughs> it is now. <laughs> there you go. That's sort of similar with um, for like with Glenn and me, our band Johnny and the Food Masters. It's kind of a similar thing where. We have like there's uh, Ben in the band, you know, has a music degree, so and then ben, there's Ben's on the Lucas side of the gradient. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then there's like you know, um, yeah, I don't know how to do any play anything with music, <laughs> but um, and then you know, Glenn's kind of doing more of like a noise guitar thing. You sort of have some of the other members are more like somewhere in the middle. So I think it's a similar thing, and I think that is also where part of the the chaos rock. I was referring to, I think that where it, some of that chaos comes in where you have people coming from all different kind of styles and backgrounds molded together. Right. To create this, this, um, you know, and this is like the re results of all that. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I'm just glad Lucas, you know, puts up with it. I, I enjoy <laughs> you know, it. That's, that's, it's a fun time. Well, I, mean, I mean, I mean, you're the rare person, you know, I think it's, I think there's something about making music where sometimes you're like these, you want the notes to be in the same key and sometimes you just want the sounds to fit together. 
the way you want in your head or whatever. Okay. Cool. I feel like that's like what kind of, when you're like doing like noise, like we have sometimes we have noise elements and sometimes just like this weird screeching sound fits with whatever <laughs> we're doing right now. <laughs> right. That sounds it's, good to my ears. It's, it's just true. the vibe. You're like... <laughs> there is no such thing as noise, right? I just thought of this the other day. There really is no noise. <laughs> say more about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's say more of this philosophical. <laughs> because what what led me to draw this conclusion was, for the first time ever, I was gifted an acoustic guitar, and I had never played an acoustic guitar up until the other day. And then I realized, well, you know, in any in any you know, I never had one for my own, so. In playing it, I realized there is no such thing as noise. <laughs> like in that everything is music? Yeah, so even if you're playing the wrong chords, you're still playing chords, right? Or notes, you're still, as long as you're doing something within the confines of the instrument, it can't be noise, it's, it's something, no? Well, I mean, the, you know, there's noise, and then there's noise music. You know what I mean? Like intentionality is at the heart of all of this. It truly is. You know, whether it's improv or not. And I mean, you know, there's noise because like, you know, we've all been woken up by like a, um, you know, a a jackhammer in the street at 7 a.m. or something. And like, you know, that's noise. You know, this like noise is an actual thing that exists. Um, hmm. But I mean, Mine as far as noise, <laughs> but I mean, as far as noise music goes, it's about like intentionality. Like you know, uh, and and you know, what is noise? Like noise music is you know a, a um, you know like an outgrowth of uh, experimental music and or you know and and or punk music right you know it's it's an antagonistic sound form but are, are you saying that like you could run any noise through like a tuning pedal and it'll tell you what note it is and then it like becomes music right even yeah i actually wasn't thinking about that but that is true though it would spit out a note just it would right yeah, or at least like <laughs> some dots or whatever your, <laughs> your thing reads. <laughs> Wait, um, is Maria and Lucas with us? I'm here. Lucas, what do you think? Yeah, what do you think, Lucas? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I was just going to, yeah, I, I agree with that. But I'm just thinking about when you said intentionality with noise, there are some really, like the old, like the all-time great like jazz musicians like John Coltrane and Miles Davis, they have intention with their solos, but if you hear they crack a note, like when they're going trying to go for it and they crack a note, it's not necessarily intentional, but it's still music. Right. I said that thought. I don't I don't have anything to add specifically to that, but just thought oh, I like that. I like it too. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Was that you, Maria? 
No, no, that wasn't me. I mean, uh, I don't really have much to add here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I just, um, I mean, you know, I mean, whatever. We're playing a semantic game. Yeah. You started it, Glenn. Thanks a lot. <laughs> no, I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to go down that thing. No, well, I mean, I get. I guess that's what you do when you do interviews. You, you got us talking. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess with the intentional thing, I don't know. Yeah, I mean that that, that makes sense though. It, it, as far as like any, yeah noise stuff being in, intentional and uh, yeah it's where I was well well hold on one second Let, you know what I'm saying is you know yeah. a jack a jackhammer outside the window yeah. is not is not necessarily music. However, if somebody you know stands up in front of an audience of people with a jackhammer, uh, and, and you know bores into the ground or records that for a label and the label puts it out sure then, you know that changes the context going back to context um it changes the context of the sound um is all is all i'm getting at and then, you know that's what i mean by intentionality you know no, they, yeah I, I get what you mean yeah so every everything that someone does as long as they're consciously putting it out that's in, it is intentional So that's sort no, of no room I don't want to get <laughs> yeah no I know what you mean I'm oh, sorry Glenn I didn't mean to cut you off I mean there's a lot of horrible uh, well I mean whatever what I mean the conversation is about noise right <laughs> <laughs> but I mean yeah anyway I mean like I disagree with you I think there is noise <laughs> <laughs> but I just like to argue so Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I I gotta ask you the I love the the hellhole by the sea. Oh, I just love that title. Uh, oh, I gotta ask you to just go on to uh, uh to just elaborate about the uh, about the suck city as you call it. Yeah. And just you know, obviously that's uh that's the album is. Uh, Rolls around, just uh, you know the just all the fucked up shit in in uh, Boston and uh, these you know just trying to defend ourselves from this onslaught of uh, against DIY culture in Boston and um, it's like if you'd like to uh, elaborate on that. Well, I, I will say that I wanted to call it neoliberal hellhole by the sea. Um, yeah. Well, that was the well, that was the original idea, anyway. Okay. Um, and um, and the band, probably Trey, maybe Trey and Maria, um, got rid of the neoliberal part. Um, <laughs> Editing, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm the only person in the band from Boston. Well, except for Chris. Chris and I are both from Boston, but I'm the only person in the band from Boston who's here. Um, you know, the others were all um, uh, transplants. And uh, I mean, Trey has already moved out of Boston after living in Boston. So that says whatever you want to 
uh, think about it. Um, but you know, uh, as you guys know, uh, you know, Boston is, Boston is horrible, uh, you know, for our kind, our people, our culture, you know, it's, it, um, it, you know, caters to, uh, people who play the game of, uh, society, um, more so than I think more, uh, most other cities out there. Right. Yeah. I remember we, we talked about this a lot. Um, when we had you on earlier on the, on the, uh, podcast a few months back. Uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely it's, it's just, it's just crazy too, just how much when you, when you think about it, when you look at like the bigger, bigger picture, you see just how much the, the odds are just stacked against, um, artists. And I mean, people obviously all kinds of people, but, uh, you know, certainly the, the arts are just underfunded and undervalued. Right. And I mean, we know we're we're all making art, um, at least in this band and with this release and you guys putting us out, you know, we're making art that is, you know, of the proletariat, let's say. Well, you know, whether, whether that's fully intentioned or not, you know, it, it just is what it is. Right. And yeah, and I think we, I don't know, I can't remember now if we discussed this before last time, but, you know, it, and the, there isn't really, you know, that, like we said, I don't, I don't know if it's intentional or just they just, people just don't care, but there, there's a significant lack, um, you know, just lack of options, lack of venues, uh, you know, and just, and it seems to be getting, getting worse, a decline, you know, you know you've uh you know i know you were saying before when we talked about going to shows back since back in the 90s and you, you've you just seen like the you know clubs closing and stuff like that and um you know amongst other sort of uh bullshit for lack of word uh that's you know it seems like naturally that that is <laughs> pretty much the the album really de gets into detail about that of just being just uh Boston being you know just a, uh, on a, a decline yeah well i mean it's been a decline in a long time i mean i guess you know speaking to my lyrics um you know i think the music that we all make together um is you know dystopian you know and that's you know um you know of its nature and you know my lyrics reflect that i mean that's also where you know that's where my mentality is um but i mean i think that's you know that's certainly what trey and i you know bonded over in starting this band um you know is is you know why, and I think we all share. It's just like a shared alienation. Um, uh, yeah, I mean Boston's a difficult town. It's just a difficult town. Right, and I think that. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to speak for other people, but I, I feel like. It, I mean, 
that it's like on the you know you don't necessarily at least speaking about like with regard to like the music stuff around here it seems like it doesn't seem that way as much to me like on the you know initially almost and then more you start to try to to do things it you start to notice the obstacles more and more um at least that's it seems like to me um like finding a space for bands to play that aren't like mid-level like bands like it's very difficult like yes. booking like mm -hmm. finding a space for a noise band or somebody's doing anything that's mildly weird is hard right exactly that's why that shipwreck cove show is kind of interesting the none of the other bands were like you <laughs> so, so I, just, I wonder if that kind of is going to be is that if that's going to trend upwards uh you know kind of bills that are sort of like that well you know i mean i think that the um i mean you know unfortunately for us but just the nature of what we are mm -hmm. um you know is it we're like an outlier type band you know you you were saying chaos rock, you know, it could be whatever it is, but you know, yeah. unfortunately for us, like, you know, we, we don't want to just play like a straight punk rock. Um, right. So, so we don't get to play with the punks. Um, and there's, you know, um, like because of the nature of Boston, um, the bands that get turned out, you know, are, not necessarily on the same philosophical wavelength um or, yeah, well, or i like hardcore bands and stuff like that it's oh just, no i love hardcore bands they just won't have they won't have us yeah. <laughs> you know they're just you know i mean like i've literally you know you guys know me you know like i know i know all the guys who book hardcore shows and all the people who book hardcore shows and you know, I've, uh, I've straight up asked directly, um, yet, you know, yet we still don't play those shows. Um, it's just a, you know, it's like a weird thing. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like in a lot of ways we're banned out of time. Um, but I mean, we are what we are. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I, it, I don't know. It's just, a, it's a strange thing for me in general and Sheriff Glenn, where it's like, you know, I'm not trying to just like uh toot around horns, but for us, at least from a booking perspective, it's like someone said before to me, I think or they're like, Oh, like how do I get on one of your shows or something like that? It's like, we just, we need to like the band and that's about, that's it really. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, and, like I get that there's obviously there's different factors to things and there's certain bills where it's like, okay, this doesn't really make as much sense, but we always try to do like different bills that are different places where it's like, we can get the bands that we like and that's, that's it. So I can't really understand much beyond that. I mean, I can understand like there being expensive rental fees. Like I said, I'm not saying like every, you know, show, every show is going to be a little bit different or whatever, but um, but like beyond, I don't know, you know what I mean? And I know, and I realize not everyone necessarily going to book 
that way, but like for for us, it's just okay. Do we like this band? Oh, we do. Okay, we want to do shows with them. You know, what I mean? like well, uh, that's why we're working with you guys. Yeah, <laughs> I think the I think that mentality makes really fun shows. Yeah, exactly. And and we're not we're not the only people that have that mentality, but you know, definitely other people do. And and exactly. And like you like you said, and we it really does make for. I, I think I feel like a more fun and just overall better experience. And then when like those bands start to influence each other, it, like the scene gets better when shows are like that. I I feel. I mean, going Definitely. to like a, a hardcore show is fun because like every song is the same, and you know it's just going to deliver that one emotion that you go there for. That's great. But like going to a scene where there's a a bunch of weird bands influence each other, I think makes for just a more compelling scene to me. Yeah, I, I, a I thousand percent said. Yeah, I mean, perfectly said. And I, I mean, that's why you moved to, that's why you moved to Providence from Boston. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, I don't know. You know, Providence is maybe in a down period itself too, but I, I, I feel like Providence in a down period is always better than Boston, even in an up period, um, just because of the nature of the scene and community. Yeah. And because of the audiences, you know, down there, you know, the reasons, um, you know, and the, just the nature of the city, you know, um, you know, this, uh, people can afford to live in Providence for a lot less than up here. And, you know, that's a huge factor. Space, space is and space. So yes. Yeah, I mean, see, I mean, like, right, like, you know, like, we're we're clinging to this practice space that we like, um, that we only got like three months before the pandemic, um, because if we give it up, then like, what you know, what are our options? And that's just a practice space. You know, I mean, it's like ridiculous i mean where do you guys practice where's johnny and the food masters practice or did did you practice <laughs> we actually my... yeah my you parents, see actually uh, where that where glenn's picture is that's oh wait never mind no that's my an parents old, basement. Never mind, different room. okay well that that's an ideal that's pretty good it is, it is a good ideal but we did try, we did go to some, we did go to Jam Spot on a few occasions. Oh, oh really? <laughs> oh, boy. Well, explain, I don't know if, like, uh, other people know what Jam Spot is. You just explain that. I, I know what it is, but. Well, it's not that, I mean, honestly. Because it, it it's a funny, that. it's a funny idea. Yeah. <laughs> Split among five or six people, uh, you know, really, it's not. It's just a corporate jam space. Right. It's a temporary, it's a temporary practice space. It's like a one-off. You can yeah. Rent. yeah you, you can actually rent a room. That's like, we, one time we rented the large room. It's like the size of Brighton Music Hall. It's pretty nuts. And you see, you can pretend like you're an actual legitimate band. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that might be an exaggeration, but it was like, you could fit probably yeah, like, I mean, 200, 200 people in. Oh my god! No, 
I don't think it was that big. I don't remember it. <laughs> but, but it was big from what I recall. But yeah. That's the one over in Summerville? Yes. Uh, there's a couple. There's actually one in Wakefield that's conveniently like a few minutes away from my house. But And then there was one in Summerville. So we, we had used both of them a few occasions. But Glenn's family was kind enough to uh, let us use the basement. And as well as Ben uh, early on. Uh, used to use his basement. And, that's a um, that's a ticket. That's a ticket. Yeah, it was as you said, very uh, very ideal and was very nice. Um, yeah. So. Well, none of us have a basement. <laughs> right. Yeah. Down, no, down to a person, zero basements. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe I don't know, Maria. Do you have a basement? No, Maybe. it's locked up. <laughs> okay, so we have no basements. Lucas, do you have a basement? Uh, technically, technically, yes. Oh, well, well, well. It's, 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 no, you would not want to play down there. There's just I know, I know. water on the floor. <laughs> I know. Full show. Yeah, bring your floaties. <laughs> I also share it with like the other apartment, and that would be not. Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like a good situation. Actually, yeah, for for a while there, um, Thais was keeping all its equipment in Maria's old basement. Yeah, I used to have a basement. Those that's were right. Ones. Yeah, we didn't practice there, but that's where we stored our equipment um, before we had this practice space that we now pay money for to basically store our equipment. Yeah, that's um, what happens. Which, by the way, since no one else has been there, um, like someone, another band, practices in the basement now oh. oh wow are they touching our stuff uh no but i might be touching their stuff Whoa. <laughs> um no but the first time i went over there there was like a bunch of like they had moved around everything down there and there was like i couldn't even get to our practice space hmm. i had to like move several tables out of the way oh wow but um well, you'll you'll see one you'll see one day possibly. So, um, yeah, I mean, ho hopefully, when uh, people get this vaccine and everything, y'all can we're get all, together. We're all blood brothers. Yeah, <laughs> y'all can get back together and uh, make use of the 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 practice practice space and. Um, you know, as far as um, shows go, uh, coming up again, I mean, it's that's a lot harder to say, but we, we ask everyone this, and I know we asked you, Dan, before, but um, oh, when, do yeah, yeah, when do y'all think shows will return? Mm, I'm going to say late summer. Okay. 2021, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Late summer 2021. I think enough people have been vaccinated at that point that that we'll be able to. Fingers crossed, knock on wood. Good God. I'm gonna guess October or November 2021. Okay, cool. And then uh, I mean, it all depends on this, you know, it all depends on the vaccine. I mean, right. Fall Fall 2021, I mean, you know, my, my outlook was much worse. But since the vaccines are here, I guess fall 2021 sounds possible. 
Yeah. And uh, Trey, did you say? Or was I, I think I just heard uh, that was Lucas, right? That you said uh, fall twenty twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. Or, that, yeah. Yeah. It was Lucas. Yes. Okay, and then Dan, you said the Maria said late summer. Trey, did you have a prediction? Uh, I mean, I have, I really have no clue. Like, uh, yeah, I, mean, I would say probably twenty twenty two, but. I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. I mean, yeah. I don't know how the vaccine's going to do. Yeah, who's going to take it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you all have to remember that um, Trey is in Rhode Island, and uh, Rhode Island is like, um, you know, not not doing so good. That's that's totally true. It's <laughs> very, very poorly right. performing place. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, we, we love Rhode Island, but uh, man, they, they got some problems down there right now. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I think with, uh, I think before perhaps, you know, any sort of indoor thing happens, there could be shows outdoors. Yeah. Definitely that'll start happening before indoor. I mean, didn't that already start happening? I think, I mean, I had seen a couple things. I mean, I didn't like see it in person, but I'd heard of a few things or saw stuff kind of. There's like people doing drive-in stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, all that shit's bullshit. I mean, like, (laughs) I mean, just like, whatever. We talked about this before. I mean, like, literally, has anyone here on this, on this call, like, has anyone been to a, uh, you know, a safe distanced event, like music event where there's like 10 people there and you're all like six feet apart. I can't say. <laughs> Has anyone? I mean, no. that, just, that just sounds like desperation. Well, like they had that in Providence, from. I think, at dusk. With, uh, <laughs> oh, no, oh, they've done it a few Was different a places. Yeah. They have shows at dusk. They're well, outside. I, yeah, they were outside ones, yeah. Um, right. It's like it's like I think they're serving like food and stuff. I'm not saying like I you know like like bars, you know, bars and restaurants that also do live music. You know, if they can do it outside, then you know what other choice do they have? Like I'm not putting them down. I'm just saying right. I'm not interested personally. Okay. What if it was like? In a wider open space or something. Like the art farm. Yeah, it's like the art farm and then like, you know, like everyone is like, like distanced and stuff. I mean, it's just like, I mean, it's just like, it's the antithesis of like, right. you know, like, um, like an underground rock show, which is the only kind of show I'm interested in, um, you know. You know, you want the beer spilt, you want the sweat, <laughs> right? You know, you you want the, 
you want the closeness, you know, I mean, it's a social event for, you know, I mean, these things are social events for, uh, you know, the likes of us again, you know, yeah. and, and I mean, you know, that kills the social aspect, even, you know, so you're like, you know, you're putting yourself like your neck on the line to some degree or whatever, so that you can have like a quasi social event. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, to me, it just sounds like, you know, obviously for the businesses, I understand why they're doing it. But for the people who are attending, I mean, it just sounds like those are the people who like need something to put on their like Instagram or something. Like, I mean, like, why the fuck are you doing that? Like, what's the, like, what the experience? Like, yeah, I don't know. It just, it seems, <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing seems loopy to me. I mean, like, I, I mean, I'm just like so disinterested personally. Yeah. I, anyone else? I don't know. Like, I just, that's just how I feel about it. Yeah. I don't know. I'd go to like, if it was an art farm or even Herder Park, not Herder Park, uh, that, fuck, that, uh, amphitheater on the Charles, what is that called? Is it yeah, Herder, Herder, yeah, yeah. Like a place like that. I go to a show there for sure. A day show. I mean, cause when you're outside at those big spaces anyway, it's not really like you're in a mosh pit to begin with so i don't really think it would be that different and i miss music so yeah i mean if it's a chill vibe then yeah 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 also i think with um with it being outdoors perhaps wouldn't you know maybe not people standing on top of each other so i i get like you're saying dan it definitely wouldn't be the same but I, I think it, I'm just talking from a I'm talking from a selfish and very personal place, you know. <laughs> no, well, I mean I know what you're saying though. You, I get what you're saying, where it's like the you know the kind the of shows that you want. The reasons I, I go to shows are this and that. Um, yeah, I guess people go to shows for a lot of different reasons. We could have an outside show. We could spear some, spill some beer on Dan. <laughs> That's where I could throw beer on you just to give you the. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, now you're on the right track, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I know what you mean, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm. It's it's gonna be hard to say, but I'm probably somewhere in the the summer fall thing as well as far as like what I think far when shows will return but um I mean, the sad thing for me is like when the shows do return like you know in boston like you know in yeah. providence it's like a little better and like in boston like where are they returning to right like, you know i know we've talked about this before like in interviews and outside of outside of them but it's like it's just like depressing to like think about like you know like I, you know, I love house shows, um, but like, right. it, the, and you know, I love basement shows, but it's just, you know, in this town, um, the best stuff always happens in basements and in houses. And there's like, you know, that's fine. And that's where they have to happen. But I don't know. There's like a, the best a, the a sadness coloring it. Yeah. This is sadness for like <laughs> this city in this community like um in regards to that situation that taints the shows for me also but uh, you know i'm fucked up whatever no i know what you mean uh, as far as it's it, 
because, I mean, yeah, we have talked about this before. It is really just a, you know, like reaction to the fact that there's just a lack of um, places for people to really, you know, play and grow and for the scene to, to grow. Um, right. And in particular, uh, definitely like, um, you know, the the weirder <laughs> style of music it gets or the more whatever if it's or more marginalized it is it's you know whatever you know it is that it's it's yeah it gets pushed aside and so it, you know it is awesome that we have these there are these house shows and stuff like that and underground stuff but you're also like if you look at the just the bigger picture of it it's also just illustrating the lack of actual um, legitimate venues right so I mean I do look at like I try to look at the positive of that like you like you're saying too as well the you know that's where the best stuff is going to be in basements and I guess then so what what what's next then you know I mean so they like the band you have, you know this album and you know you're doing a lot of uh with boston hassle so like what's i guess for or for anyone really that i guess what what's next you know what i mean what i guess what what do you do to uh I guess, to attack the the cor the corporate ogre so to speak well we're gonna light ourselves on fire on the highway <laughs> And that'll be it. Well, <laughs> not a lot of hope. I was going to say, um, <laughs> I'll let you do that, and then you get nah, I'm kidding. but um, you would yeah. I mean, I guess like what I mean, because there are different things that then you're the you've all done and and everything. So I guess it's like you know, especially with like Boston Boston Hassle and everything. You know what what can people do to try to formulate? Or and maintain a, a real alternative. <laughs> In the interview ends. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Dan, Dan I feel like you have real opinions about this. And like this is what you dedicate a lot of your time to. I think a lot of us have. I know, of course. Yeah. I mean, you know, tra you know, trays. Trey runs, I don't know what he runs anymore, um, but, you know, Trey's involved in the poetry communities and publishing zines as well, um, uh, and has been for a long time here in Boston and beforehand, uh, and now in Providence. Um, you know, so, I mean, you know, this is what brings us together is this, um, is this, um, you know, creating parallel subcultures, um, uh, in in opposition or just um, uh, as alternatives to the mainstream, um, 
you know, I mean, we keep doing that. Um, I, quite frankly, I, you know, Boston, uh, Boston seems like a lost cause. I would move out of Boston um, to answer your question um, okay. and, and find someplace else. Um, perhaps Providence. You know, like I, I don't, you know, Providence always has this lingering underground thing that's under attack by gentrification, everything more so than ever now. But, um, you know, it's not as bad off as Boston is in that regard. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know, you know, again, I'm from here. Like, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if these other folks have, you know, other thoughts coming from other places, but. Right. Well, I guess the only thing is I, I hear you saying so like. Just I, being negative. I, <laughs> no, no, it's all right. Cause I think it's, it's, it's these things that you're, you you're raising with, uh, with your music and everything that, you know, you see it in your, in your writings and all, you know, uh, not, not just you, Dan, but yeah. everyone. Um, that uh, I think these are all like things that are just, you know, obviously like very, you know, massive criticisms, but they're, they're not, I don't feel like they're really said enough. And especially even like in months, these are, are, you know, the circles we all run in. Um, and so I think that's all, I think, you know, it, it's never, it's not said enough. I just, wouldn't necessarily want anyone hearing this to just be like, oh, okay, well, fuck it, you know, whatever. I'm just, you know, just sinking down. Yeah, well, no. Apathy. And yes. I know, I know that's not what you're saying, but so I just would. And that's why I was. I know it's kind of like a loaded question to be like, all right, so what, you know, what do you do? But well, yeah. uh, you know, like, but I, like I, would, you know, what it's like. I wouldn't want anyone to just walk away and be like, oh, well, fuck it, you know. But one of the problems with Boston is that. Um, it's really different. The barriers to doing the kinds of things we want to do are so high because the city is making them that high. And people like yourself have spent years telling them that they're making it impossible to keep the city alive and you get nothing. So. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. Really There's not really much else I can see to do except keep doing what we're doing and keep asking and hope that someone eventually is finally like, yeah, all right. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna, you know, um, seems like Marty Walsh is joining the um, Biden administration. Yeah. Um, so oh, that's acting? Oh. Uh, well, it, it's not definite or anything, but I've been hearing about that for a while. and Seems like it's moving there. But anyway, he's not going to be elected next mayor anyway. But it's, it's just, you know, somebody better will get in. Like, yeah, I don't want to get down that whole rabbit hole. But, but it's just like the the um the nature of this city is just like we are on the outs it's just like this is like you know for i was talking to this um with um our, our um glenn and chris our, our mutual buddy james course the other day uh. him and i had some beers by the river and maria you probably know james course yeah yeah um of course. Um, and um, we had some beers by the river while he was uh, zooming through town or whatever. Um, but, um, you know, there's, there's, 
there's nowhere there's nowhere for anyone to go or grow here um in in this city and um you know the likes of the likes of like you know lower class whatever middle class poor people culture is just um you know um it's just not <laughs> it's just not what is being supported here and um i don't know how you you know i don't know how you change that um boston is uh boston has just made itself to be an exclusive city um you know i just happen to have the misfortune of being born here um You know, it's just more so, you know, I, I think most cities are like this in this day and age. Um, it's just Boston is of the right size for, you know, what you can call neoliberal thinking or whatever, like to have just like completely consumed it. Um, and, you know, yeah, you know, you have to, you have to, um, You have to have money or power or some other really good reason to like get anything done here um above and beyond like a lot of places it's unfortunate uh, but it's it's the nature of the beast i mean i've come to accept it now i've been fighting it for a long time i'm in an acceptance mode now so there's really no and I mean I mean you guys are in the same place you guys have been doing this for a long time too you know that's like yeah there seem to have been some different periods of do you feel like when, when a lot of different people are doing a lot of different things and attending a lot of each other's events that's probably the best case scenario for a rebuild. Well, I, I mean, this, you know, like the kind of like culture that we would want in like, you know, I've actually been like for the hassle website, I've been like thinking about like an article, writing an article for like an end of year article, which by the way, all of you should write end of year articles if you want um, for the site. I've um, specifically meant to mention, uh, reach out to, you Clyam guys, but also my band members. If we can talk about that more, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm not going to get into it now. But um, anyway, like I've been thinking about writing a year ender, and like you know, it's like uh, like with a title of something like uh, you know, Boston is a city of ifs, um, like you know, like if the train ran all night, and if um, you know if if there was a place where, you, you know, arts venues uh, could, you know, up and coming, you know, arts venues and entrepreneurs could like, you know, experiment and open up, you know, their businesses. Like, you know, if there was an area um, and, uh, you know, if, um, you know, the bars didn't close at 1 a.m. Um, uh, and if yada, 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 right? Um, 
like it's just you know that's sort of like just like the talk that consumes like people like if 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 and like um you know i mean even if bars were able to stay open later or whatever it's like you know like you know that you know that that will probably happen um you know once they get rid of you know all the poor people for good um it's just you know um it's you know no city wants the punks no city wants the weirdo experimental people but some cities tolerate them more um you know and i'm not talking about like the mayor saying i don't want that but you know i'm saying like you know like the society of the city uh allowing for that mm. and we just we just don't have it here you know right, you know, you know providence, providence is somewhat different because you know um they are more of an economically depressed city which has made like more of a possibility for people in the arts to find um opportunities um we don't have that here um and you know i think it's fading down to providence too but i mean you know but but nevertheless like it's attracted a culture in providence that like isn't going to go away um well you know without a lot of effort of trying to get rid of it whereas in boston like, like we're still trying you know after these many years of me being involved and many of us being involved we're still trying to um we're still trying to create that culture it's like you know it, it's a it is a cultural issue um it's a cultural issue like uh, wrapped up in like class problems Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm like I'm bringing this way down. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, well, no, like I said before, I mean, it, it's it's something that I, I feel like doesn't really get it really talked about enough or explored enough. Um, and it really impacts all of us. Yeah. Because shit, I mean, we we might, you know, we could come back. We won't be able to do anything. But. I, like you know it's just weird like you know that's just the way the city is and like you know the pandemic like you know with the whole with the horrible plight of the pandemic there was also this you know at least initially there's also the, this sort of like but what about after the pandemic like sort of thinking um like what will change in society um you know post pandemic and you know those questions are still being asked uh but you know, I think the answer in Boston is not much. Mm. Yeah, I mean, who knows? It's, uh, I, who knows? Yeah. Again, I'm being completely negative, I know. But. <laughs> it could end up that, like, all these... <laughs> New club, go to floor seventeen. 
<laughs> to dream, Maria, to dream. <laughs> yeah, no, Glenn, I think you mentioned that before as a as a potential that you saying like maybe like all these buildings will uh, I did float I floated yeah. it to I float when I worked in downtown I floated it to uh some big shots about doing <laughs> that kind of thing. And one of them was I kinda at first I thought the good way to ease in would be to have like a, a talent show for like force all these accountants and financial people to, to play to, to play music <laughs> you know wait were you like were you pitching like having a show in like an open office or something yeah yep <laughs> it was, it's oh you're trying of... to work <laughs> you might you might want to work from home today <laughs> Yeah, that was that was pretty wild. I didn't think it was gonna happen. I just kind of wanted it for feelers, um, but yeah, you could probably get some shows for like ambient projects or like people that are doing techno or something. Doing that. I'm not sure if you could get a, like a, a guitar band. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the that's the thing. But we'll we'll keep all the options on the table. It's gonna have yeah. to. You gotta. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe the. Um, maybe the Boston Garden will become free after the pandemic, and we can throw we can throw ourselves a big show, and everyone will come. That would actually be nice. It wouldn't be like the Boston Calling Local Music Showcase. Yeah, we can call it that. Call it. <laughs> That's a, that sounds like a good name. We can call it the Boston Calling Local Showcase. There you go. We can call it Hellhole by the Sea Release Party. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Hellhole by the Sea. It's just like, uh, yeah. You know, like I think, you know, I think for for most of the people who live in Boston, you know, I think it's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I saw recently there was a, um, uh, I don't know what it was. Some, some website that we've all heard of or something, uh, USA Today or some garbage, <laughs> you know, some garbage like that, you know, usatoday.com, um, uh, you know, voted. Um, I, and I didn't look at, I didn't look at the criteria. I didn't even look at the article. Um, but I did see the headline and uh, Boston was voted the most caring city in America. Yeah, <laughs> And then um, uh, someone, uh, an acquaintance of mine um, uh, responded to that where I saw this link uh, saying that Boston is the most Karen city in America. Uh, uh, yeah, now, you know, that, that fits the bill better. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So uh, just to wrap up a little bit here. Yeah, let's wrap up. Uh, I say, <laughs> sound like we were just beginning almost for a sec. Yeah, let's go on for another three hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I, uh, I, you know, it's like uh, I, I'm, I, I like that we kind of uh, we have the podcast to go on for for you know a, a while. It's uh, I don't know. Someone said before. We got some feedback that someone said that y'all need an editor. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. I kind of like the, I feel like the longer, with the longer podcast, you get into these, like the deeper kind of like conversations and stuff that, that we've been, we've been discussing that doesn't really like fit if you, um, I don't know if it was just kind of like a regular interview. Yeah, totally. I think this rules. I agree. And thank, thank you, you for doing this. Yeah, thank you for doing this, and thank you for putting out a tape. And yeah. May, may we all party together once more and yeah. enjoy each other's company. Let's all spill, yeah. spill beer on Dan. Yes. Like, as soon as possible. <laughs> just, just, exactly. just, just let me know. I'll bring an extra shirt. <laughs> Pour okay. some beer on you by the river. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if anyone wants to meet for beers by the river, I'm available. Any, any, any river. All right, let's do it. Any beer. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, beer hill. Yeah. Well, thank, thanks so much for uh, for coming on, and, and you know, and we absolutely love the tape, and you know, thanks for making it. Um, and I, I can't wait to see thighs again whenever that day may be. Um. But yeah, I just can't say enough. That thank you, uh, thank you all for coming on. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Of course. Thank you, guys. All right. Good night. Good night. See you guys uh, sometime soon. I hope. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Hey.